0: All right, well, why don't you uh, be making your way back to your seats and uh, get settled down, not too comfortable, not be falling asleep. My name is Mark. I'm one of the leaders here at Christ Central Church. It's great to uh, be here with you this morning. Happy New Year. Just want to wish you all Happy New Year if I haven't seen you. This is the time of year, I guess, when everyone reflects back on the past year Um, and uh, in this case, the past decade. A lot of people looking back on the past decade looks back at what's been achieved, look back at the sort of hopes, disappointments, sets goals for the future. That's the kind of thing that everyone does at this time of year. People are actually uploading uh, photographs on social media of of what they're like now and what they were like 10 years ago. Uh, So I've got a picture here. Just as this is ten years now, this is for people who don't think it snows in England. This, this is ten years ago today, fifth of January, two thousand and ten. There is the snow, and uh, you know, I don't think we've changed all that much. Debbie's thawed out a bit since then, Um, but uh (laughs) (laughs) sorry, couldn't resist. But no, 10 years ago. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, and, and actually, just reflecting back, we can probably go off that now. <laughs> it's going to just distract. <coughs> I was just reflecting back. 2020 uh, 20 is, te- is 20 years since I started working for the church. I had various different jobs before that. And 20 years I was working for the church now, not always as a pastor, Um, We started off just working and uh, doing a kids' club like we're doing uh, here at the moment that Gemma's leading. Um, I've been reflecting back on those 20 years, really, and just thinking, wow, 20 years ago, I was 30 years old at the time. Uh, Time's just flown by. In another 20 years, I'm going to be 70. And uh, that's kind of a (laughs) scary thought. We've been here four years as well in Fredericton, and that's just like flown by as well. Um so, you know, as we reflect, I want to, I've been thinking, I want to make sure that these next 20 years, if that's what we've got, however long, I don't know do you? how, how long you've got, but I want to re- pray that those 20 years are going to be fruitful years. It's just so easy to let time slip by, um, but God's calling us to great things. And I just want to encourage us all this morning as we get into God's word um, that uh, to press in to everything that God Has got for us. We sung some great songs this morning, kind of leading into it. Some of the words that were brought as well. So I felt it would be good to start 2020 by looking at Joshua and chapter one, Uh, just to give us courage, strength as we head into this year. Um, The passage begins as Joshua, as Moses has died, and the leadership of God's people, the Israelites, was handed over from Moses to Joshua. And uh, I guess the encouraging news as we read this is um, that Joshua was probably about 85 years old when he started to lead the people of God. So uh, I'm not too bad at 50 at the moment. Um, Not that I'm leading a whole (laughs) nation of of people of God. Uh, But let's read Joshua 1 and we'll see how God encouraged Joshua and how he's going to encourage us in this as well. So we're going to read the whole chapter. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aide, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you'll cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. But to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, Remember the command that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave to you after he said, The Lord your God will give you rest by giving you this land. Your wives, your children, and your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you east of the Jordan, but all your fighting men ready for battle must cross over ahead of the fellow Israelites. You are to help them until the Lord gives them rest as He's done for you, and until they too have taken possession of the land the Lord your God is giving them. After that, you may go back and occupy your own land which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you east of the Jordan towards the sunrise." They answered Joshua, whatever you have commanded us, we will do, and wherever you send us, we will go. Just as fully we fully obeyed Moses, we'll obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your word and doesn't obey it, whatever you command them will be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. Okay, so right at the start of Joshua's leadership uh, of the people of God, God speaks to him, and he speaks to him to strengthen him and encouraging him. In one sense, Joshua is commissioned by God. As we'll see later, there's a number of similarities between Joshua being commissioned by God to go into the land and uh, Jesus' disciples being commissioned by him to go out of the land into the whole world to spread the good news of the gospel. And as we read this account, we'll see that there are a number of things that God says he will do, and a number of things that he encourages Joshua and the people to do. And that's always the way in the Bible. As we read the Bible, we see these two things held in tension together. We see God acting, or saying he's going to act, and then we, or God's people, act God calls us. We respond to his call. God says, I'm going to do these things. And then he says, pray to me that I might do these things. So there's that tension all of the time. Uh, God's going to do something. He's sovereign. He's going to act. We have responsibility. We are told to do things or to call on God to do things. And there's always that tension, and we always have to hold it together. If we go too far one way or the other, we get into error. The Bible doesn't tell us just to let go and let God. It doesn't say, oh, you're in grace now. Just relax. Sit back. God's going to do it all. It's all going to be fine. He'll work it all out. But neither are we called just to work hard in our own Strength and battle on our own, as though salvation and our relationship with God and everything in the Christian life was just down to us. We've heard this morning how we are weak and we are fearful and we need God, and how God is the captain, God is the one in control. The, Jesus comes alongside the Holy Spirit as well. We need them all together. So, God leads us in our life, in the church, in difficult or impossible sometimes situations, and he tells us that he'll be at work in us as we act in those situations. So right here in Joshua 1, we see some key promises that God is giving to Joshua right at the get-go. He says this, he says, I am going to give you the land that I promised you. Remember, the people have been uh, in the wilderness on the other side of the river for 40 years now, going around, wandering around. He says, I'm going to give you the land that I promised you, that I promised Moses. He says, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. I mean, that's a pretty good promise to have, isn't it? No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. He says, I will be with you in the same way that I was with Moses. That's encouragement to a new leader of the people of God. And he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So it sounds as though everything is in hand. I mean, what is there to be concerned about? There's nothing to be concerned about. God's going to give them what he's promised. Nobody's going to be able to beat them in battle. God will be with them. He's never going to leave them. But then in the same passage, we see some commands of God which go alongside some of these promises. So God says, "Okay, get the people ready for the crossing," and Joshua puts that into practice. And basically, it's make sure you've got enough supplies. Make sure you've got some food, and you, you pack all your, you know, you pack all your diapers or whatever it might be. Make sure it's all going uh, forward. We've, very practical, very practical things. And he says to them, "Be strong." And courageous. He says that time and time again. Because Joshua, you're going to lead these people into the land. Well, hang on, jo- God. I thought, I thought you were going to do it. No, no. If I'm going to do it. You're going to do it. You're going to lead these people into the land. He says, be strong and courageous. Then the next thing he says is, be strong and very courageous. And then he says, be careful to obey all that is in the law. Meditate on it day and night so that you'll do what is written in it And you will be prosperous and successful. Hang on, God, I thought you'd already told me we were going to be prosperous and successful because you were with us. No, we read the, get into God's word, do what's written in it, and you'll be prosperous and successful. You see what I mean? There's the two things in tension. And then finally he says, be strong and courageous. Don't be terrified. Don't be discouraged. So now it's looking as though it's all down to Joshua. It's looking down to, it's all down to Joshua and the people. They've got to make sure they get the supplies. Joshua has to lead the people into the land to inherit it. And there's going to be some battles to fight, as, we'll, uh, as, as they'll see. Um, they've got to be in God's word. They've got to do what it says. Uh, and then they'll be prosperous and successful. Um, and, they've, and they've got to be strong and courageous. So, so what is it? Is it God doing it? Is it they doing it? Is Joshua and the people doing it? Is it God? Is it them? Yes. It is both. It's both. God promises and Joshua and the people have to walk in the light of those promises. That's how it works. God makes promises to his people and his people have to walk in the light of those promises and live in faithfulness and obedience in that. And Joshua would have been well aware of how it goes because Joshua was around 40 years previously. And what happened 40 years previously? Well, the people of God got to exactly the same point that they were at right now. They got to exactly the same point under Moses' leadership. Moses was standing there in the place of Joshua. God had promised to send his people into the land. You can read about it in Deuteronomy uh, and chapter 1. And Moses sent 12 spies out into the land to kind of scope out the land to see what it was like, to see where the cities were, to see where the people were, to see what the territory and the terrain of the land was like. And Joshua was one of those 12 spies. Joshua was one of the 12 spies that went into the land himself. And they came, they explored, and they came back, and they said, you know what, it is exactly as God said, it's an amazing land. He'd said it was a land full of milk and honey, a very fertile, prosperous land. They said, look, look, here's some great, look at these grapes, look at the size of them. They said, it's amazing, all of the things that he said. But do you know what? Um, it, It all started to go south after that. Because 10 of the 12 tribes then started talking about some of the other things in the land. They said, oh, do you know, there are some big cities in that land. There are some huge cities. I mean, they're really big. They're heavily Defended, they're really fortified. And there are some big people in the land. They said, Some of the people there are huge. There are giants in the land. The Anarchites are there. The Anarchites are there, not the Anarchites. And they and they began to talk and they began to say, Do you know what? I don't think we can do this. I don't think we can go into this land. I'd, it's gonna be too dangerous. It's, there's too many obstacles. We've, we've checked it out, but look at the size of us. Look at those people. Look at the cities. Look at the... Oh, it's just not going to work. Only Joshua and Caleb were the ones who said otherwise. They tried to persuade the people, as they reported back to Moses, said, yeah, th- those things are all true. But God's with us, and we can surely do it. So come on, guys. We've got to go in. And Moses pleaded with the people to believe in God. In the end, the people refused to obey. In the end, people refused to listen to what God said. They said, we we can't do it. And this guy Moses, what's he doing? He's brought us here. He's brought us out of Egypt. And he's just going to lead us into our death. I mean, what's going on? And they rebelled against Moses. And they they said, we're not going to do it. And God spoke. And he said, you know, I'm going to punish you for that. And so the 10 spies who'd gone in and and had given the report and said, we can't do it, he said, you're going to die. They died. And then he said, everyone else, you you know, I'm going to fulfill my promise. I'm going to take you into the land. But it's going to be in 40 years' time. Because all of this generation who've been part of this decision to say, I'm not going to believe God. You're all going to die in the wilderness. And only the next generation are going to go in under the leadership of Joshua. God's plans for his people weren't thwarted, but they were delayed. And then through Moses, God began to prepare the people for the next time. He began to prepare them and he began to warn them. And he said, you're going to encounter the same obstacles. The next time, these obstacles, they're not going to go away in 40 years' time. You can read about this in Deuteronomy chapter 9 and verses 1 to 3. In fact, let's look at these verses. This is through Moses, God's saying this. Now, here Israel, you're about to cross the Jordan and go in and dispossess nations greater and stronger than you with large cities That have walls up to the sky. That's not very encouraging to start off with, is it? I mean, apart from the you're going to go and dispossess them. But they they are great nations, greater than you, stronger than you, large cities. They've got walls up to the sky. He goes on and says, the people are strong and tall. Anarchites, you know about them and you've heard it said, who can stand against the Anarchites? Oh, great. Thanks for reminding us of that proverb as we're about to go in and stand against the Anarchites, God. And then he says, be assured today that the Lord your God is the one who goes across ahead of you like a devouring fire. He'll destroy them. He'll subdue them before you and you'll drive them out and annihilate them quickly as the Lord has promised you. So God tells them, he's like super realistic. He tells them, this is going to be tough. I mean, look, at th- these, these walls go up to the sky. These people are huge. Remember the proverb, no one can defeat these people. Who can stand against the Anakites? But he says, but I'm going to have the victory anyway. So if you follow me and if you obey me, you will have the victory. God's being really, really clear with people. He doesn't want them to be surprised by events. He doesn't want them to go in and go, oh, the people are big. Yeah, well, I've told you the people are big. He doesn't want us to be surprised. There are literally some huge obstacles to face. And we can read God's word and he tells us, he tells us in his word that life will not be easy. Jesus says in John chapter 16, and verse 33, in this world, you will have trouble. He says that in this world, you will have trouble. And then sometimes we can get surprised. Sometimes we go, oh, oh hang on, there's trouble. L- life's difficult. Where's God? Is God really real? Is God really with us? Yeah, he's, he's with us. He's real. He told us there would be trouble. He told us there would be trouble. God doesn't tell us that we won't have difficulties and struggles. What he tells us is take heart. I have overcome the world. He tells us that he's overcome the world. He doesn't say life's going to be easy. So we know, we've heard this morning. Emma was saying, she was watching people coming in know, she's, And she knows different people as they're coming in. Oh, you're struggling with this. This is what you're battling with. This is the, the trouble that we're going through. We're all going through difficulties. We're all struggling with something. We are. In this world, we will have trouble. But take heart. Jesus has overcome the world. So now they've reached the same point. Again, the Israelites have reached the same point, And Joshua's leading them. And Joshua needs some personal encouragement from God. So God is encouraging him. And God says, be strong and courageous. And he says it again and again and again. And even when he goes to the tribes and he talks to them, they're all going, okay, we'll go in with you. But just remember this, Joshua, be strong and courageous. It's like, oh, okay, I'm getting the message. It's encouraging, isn't it? When God says the same thing to us time and time again. And it's one thing for, for, Joshua now, I'm sure Joshua took this very responsibly and it was his life on the line. But when Joshua came uh, as one of the spies and he said to uh, the people, hey, it's all going to be okay. It's all going to be all right. God's going to be with us. I know it's tough. We should go in. It's one thing to say that when you're not the leader. Moses is going to lead us in. It's all going to be good. (laughs) It's another thing to say that when you're the leader. And so Joshua needs some encouragement and strengthening because he believes God, he's believed God all of this time but he still needs that strengthening and that courage because we all need God to speak courage to us when he leads us because we so easily lack that courage. So please, I just encourage you, as you are praying this year, as we pray tonight, as we pray into the year, please do be p- praying for those of us who God has set as leaders in the church because we need to have courage to be able to lead the church forward into all that God has got for us. We all need corporately to have courage, but those of us who are leaders especially need to have the courage to lead into it. And do you know what? God speaks these words of courage throughout the bible to people he says it to david david is going into this huge uh project really building the temple he's got to build the temple and so god speaks to um speaks to david in first chronicles um 22 and uh verse 13 and he's he's set out all these plans and he says uh He says to him, you will have success if you're careful to obey the decrees and laws the Lord gave Moses for Israel. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. It's the same words, be strong and courageous. He speaks them to David. David hands the work of the temple on to Solomon in 1 Chronicles chapter 28. And in verse 20, it says, David also said to Solomon, his son, be strong and courageous. Do the work. Don't be afraid. Or discouraged, for the Lord God, my God, is with you. He will not fail or forsake you until the work of service for the temple is finished. You see the same encouragement. We see it again. Hezekiah says it to his military who are facing the greater threat of the Assyrian army in uh, 2 Chronicles 32. He says the same thing be strong and courageous. It's the words that keep coming all the time throughout the Bible. Remember, In uh, Acts uh, 5, I think it is, um, when the the threats are coming against the disciples and they go and they pray and they say, God, strengthen us. Give us strength. Give us boldness to go out and proclaim your word. They're asking God for the same thing. We need courage. People are threatening us. People are saying things that they're going to kill us. They're going to do things. They're going to stop us. God, we need courage because we know what it is that you have called us to do. When God calls us to something and he's called all of us to something, the task is always momentous. It's always risky. It's always humanly impossible. And fears can come in and we can get fearful. We can, get, we can feel inadequate and, and doubts can come in and, and, and we can just get crippled by these doubts and fears and we get muddled. Our confidence can get shaken. You know, we need God. We need To become steadfast and bold and and unafraid and and leave fear no quarter. And and that confidence, it doesn't come from ourselves. It's not that we can just look to it ourselves. It can only come from God. We can only get that confidence and surety from God. Because here's the news. We're all going to be fearful. Every single one of us will be fearful. Nobody is immune. The question is, what do we do with that fear in the light of God's promises? How do we take that fear and what do we do with it in comparison to what God is saying? Do we believe God? Do we take courage knowing he's with us and press on? Or do we give in to our fears and our insecurities? I heard the story um, the other day of a young boy who was going to bed during a severe thunderstorm and as his mom was turning out the light he said to her in a in a trembling voice uh, well mom mom will you stay with me here all night in my room and so the the mom smiled at him and and hugged him and said uh, said no I, I can't do that dear. I have to sleep in in daddy's room so there's a long silence as she goes to the door and is about to turn the light out and as she's going out the door she just hears this shaky voice just going The big sissy. (laughs) (laughs) Every one of us faces fear. Every one of us faces fear. Every single one of us. We've got to keep coming back to God. We've got to take courage in him. We have to do it individually. And we have to do it corporately as a church. We have to keep encouraging each other. In God's word, strengthening each other. That's what Hebrews says, the book of Hebrews. You know, keep meeting together. Why do we keep meeting together? Well, to encourage each other more and more. That's why we meet together, just to encourage each other, to give ourselves courage, to give ourselves strength in God. As Joe said, we, we've just purchased 140 Clark Street, and and we did know we needed to really do this before the 1st of January. The reason we needed to do it before the 1st of January is because we have to pay. um, We're exempt as a charity, uh, as a place of worship. We're exempt from paying property tax um, for the the calendar year uh, going on forward. But the year that we buy the building, we have to pay all the remaining. We're not exempt for that year. We've got to pay it in. For that year, so had we bought the building in June, say we would have had to pay half of the year's property taxes, um, which is about twenty five twenty six thousand for that, which is a lot of money. Had we bought the building like today, we would have had to pretty much pay the whole of the ne- this year's property tax we wouldn't be exempt, but as long as we bought in 2019, we only had to pay that amount. So it was like, oh, it's all looking okay. It got to November. We sold our land. We sold our building. It's all, it's all fine. We've got plenty of time. Time went on. It's okay. We're still saving a bit of money as we go along. And then it got to, and then the lawyers um, got involved. And our, lo- our lawyer was, was great, but there were things that he found that needed sorting out. And time just went on, and you know how it gets. And it got to pretty much Christmas, and I was like, well, where are things at? And he said, "Well, it, it's all g- things been submitted to service New Brunswick, and uh, and we've we've really got a, it. We're waiting on them now. Well, this was Christmas Eve, and uh, I'm like, oh man, I don't know how much they're going to be working Christmas Eve. So I'm trying to call them up Christmas Eve. see if I couldn't get through to them at all. They're the other side's lawyers calling them up, nothing's happening, and we're like, oh man, it's Christmas week, and then and then what we're going to do? So, you know." In a sense, there's there's that. Well, are we, we going to have to pay twenty five thousand next year? I, and where's that money coming from? And so we've got it. There's times when we've just got to say, look, we're trusting in God. We're trusting that God is with us. I mean, it doesn't necessarily. Even if it didn't work out, we're still trusting that God is with us. And uh, so, as Joe said, praise God, we closed on the thirtieth of December. Got the email coming through saying, yeah, it's all done. We're closed. Uh, we had to pay one day's property tax. <laughs> it's about $67. <laughs> <Whew>. <laughs> but, but, you know, we're through that. But now we face the next challenge. Now we face the next challenge. Now we've got to renovate this building. We've got to get plans drawn up, by, and we've got to get it all to code, and we've got to, we've got to get the renovations done. We've got to seek God for the finance for that. I mean, it would be very easy to just get overwhelmed by that. Wow, there's a lot of money. Well, do we have any money in reserves? Actually, no. In a, in our in our operating fund, y- you know, this was this was the encouraging thing um, that you know I heard just before uh, Christmas, just the, the week before we finished for Christmas. Uh, Jody Eckenella said to me, "Oh, I said, Mark, you know, if we don't get any money given these next two weeks and on a Sunday, we probably won't have any money in our bank account by the end of the year. That'll be it." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, great." Merry Christmas um, <laughs> no, bless her. <laughs> she did a great job at figuring it all out and and everything you 've got to know where we are. this is the reality of it but then but then how how do we go through Christ? do we get fearful <gasps> we 've got to say, God, do you know what i 'm putting my trust in you and God provided god 's provided in different ways and I'm, and there 's many ways i 'm sure god i don 't even know about. I know just before Christmas, God provided through Tim and Emma one. A competition with their realtor um, to get that the money they paid in um, in fees uh, towards to the to the realtor for their house move could be given to a charity. So we got four thousand dollars from them winning a competition. The church benefited from that. Um, just last week, I heard um, that someone had gifted the Apostolic Fund, which is the fund, which is the account that. That, uh, that Joe gets paid out of and, uh, and the work that we work into other churches in, uh, in Atlantic Canada, that all comes out of that. We've got almost $12,000 just given to that, which is great, which means actually we won't have to supplement uh, from our account for the first part of the next year for that. So there's all different ways that you think, well, God's at work, God's doing things. But we didn't know how that was going to happen. And we go through day by day, week by week. We don't know where that is coming from. Things are still tight. But the truth is, God is with us. And just as with Joshua, we're going into the new year with a sense of commissioning, a French sense of commissioning by God. And it's not just about getting a building that we can meet in on a Sunday morning, although that will be great to have a place where we can permanently stay and meet on a Sunday morning. That's not just what it's about because this building is going to be a resource for the local community as well. It's going to be a place where we see people restored. It's going to be a place where we see people trained. It's going to be a place where we see people healed and strengthened and a place where they find peace and hope and love and family and so much more. That's what God's calling us into as a people and we're going to be involved in different things, some of them around the building, some of them not around the building but we're together as a church going to be involved in all of that together God's calling us to bring that about and he says he'll be with us and he'll never leave or forsake us but we've got to know there will be battles as we do it there will be opposition there'll be people who don't even want there'll there'll be spiritual opposition that doesn't even want to see it begin we have to take courage church and and we're all going to have to find things that we take courage with in and of ourselves it might be challenges with our family that we need to take courage in. it might be with our work it might be with our health it might be in the ministry that we're doing as a church and I know what's going on in many people's lives and the, uh, people who are, who are taking courage and, 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 and pressing on. You know, there's people who we're seeing God at work in and seeing real fruit. And we talked the other week about uh, Kara and others growing in friendship and relationships with immigrants to Fredericton. But you know what? She needs to be strong and courageous. There's battles. There's things to be strengthened with. On, on Wednesday... Um, We're going to be uh, talking about uh, a new initiative that that Byron's um, beginning working with with men called Let's Talk Shop. And I've been talking with Byron about that. I'm excited about it. But I tell you, it's not been easy for Byron to get to this point. He's having to be strong and courageous. And many, many times across this whole church, across this whole congregation, that is going to be replicated there's things that we, that we get to and we think, I don't know if I can do this. I don't, know if, I don't know if I can lead life group this week. I don't know if I can go out and visit kids on Kids Club this week. I, I'm just not sure I've got it in me to go and, and stand and, and, and smile and welcome people on a Sunday morning as they come to church because I know what's going on in my life. We've got to be strong and courageous in God. It doesn't mean pretending everything's okay. It doesn't mean pretending that. God's taking us out, though, of our comfort zones. He always does. He always takes us out of our comfort zone. As God sent Joshua and the people into the promised land, Jesus sent his disciples out of Canaan into the world, we're continuing as well. We always get taken out of our comfort zones. And let me tell you, there's always a massive temptation to keep things as they are. There's always that temptation to just keep things as they are. I mean, the people had got used to staying in the wilderness. They'd been there for 40 years. It's what they'd known. They were just used to it. And yet life was tough, but it was toughness that they understood. And it's toughness that they'd known. And so even going into the promised land, that would have been difficult for them to say, we're, we're going in three days, we've got, to, we've got to pack everything up and go over in three days. Because they would have wanted to stay where they were, but they knew God was moving them on. Jesus' disciples were sent out of their comfort zones too, to the ends of the earth. They were, they were going to face opposition. They were going to face persecution, even martyrdom for the sake of the gospel. And the temptation in times of discouragement for them was to go back to what they knew. What did Peter do when he was, when he was discouraged after betraying, uh, after, after denying uh, he knew Jesus? Sorry. W- what he said, I'm going to go fishing. I'm going to go back to what I know. That's the temptation, just to go back to what you know. But Jesus came and he called him out of that and said, no, I'm going I'm to commission you, feed my sheep, feed my lambs. This, I'm going to build my church. You're going to be involved in it. God takes us out of our comfort zones too, even though we like things to stay the same. And you can see that we all like to, to stay the same. We, we, just on a Sunday morning, you can see how we all like to stay the same. People arrive at the same time each week, usually a few minutes after 10. Um, <laughs> we park in the same spot, pretty much. We sit in the same area. We chat to the same people. It, it can be a challenge to do something different. It can be a challenge to speak to someone who we don't know. It can definitely be a challenge to, in our lives to relate with unbelievers, people who don't know God, and, and to, to think about sharing God Uh, with them it's not something we naturally want to do most of us we don't think we'll fit that into our schedule on a week-by-week basis but we've we've, got to see that God's calling us God's calling us to more than just the weekly comfort zone otherwise uh, Jesus's call to go becomes a call to go to church that's not what Jesus is calling us to do he's not calling us to go to church The mission that God's calling this church on is to be a church, yes, who cares for its members. We want to care for each other. We want to encourage each other. We want to help each other, but also a church that reaches out to the community, a church that seeks to win the lost. We've got to take hold of that at the start of 2020, church. We've got to understand this is our commission from God. We need to open the doors to people outside of the people of God currently, to go out of our safety zone and our comfort zone. So very briefly, the last five minutes or so, five, ten minutes, how do we stay strong? How do we stay strong? How do we stay encouraged? Well, there's two ways that we see here in the passage. The first one is stay in God's word. Stay in God's word. Verse 8 says, Don't let the book of the Lord depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may do everything written in it. We need to make sure that the Word of God dwells in our hearts and in our minds. We have to keep immersing ourselves in the truth that we find in Scripture. We have to encourage ourselves, speak those truths to ourselves. When our feelings or our experiences or other people will tell us different versions of reality, the only way we're going to understand and know who God is (laughs) is through reading and understanding Scripture and through His Spirit living in us. We, we're going to understand who God is, what He's like, who we are in Him, what He's calling us to. It's all here. If Jesus is going to shape our lives, we have to saturate ourselves in His Word, and in His life, and in His teaching, and we need to be filled by His Spirit. And we have to find ways to do that. We have to we have to be deliberate sometimes. Put systems in place. Start a Bible reading plan. Emma referred to one this morning. She says, I've been in Genesis. She says, well, it is January. She she's kind of sounds like she's reading through the Bible uh, in a year. And there's been a number of plans that you can do with that. There's, there's a number of things out there. As a church a uh, few years ago we encourage the whole church to go through the Bible Project, which is an excellent resource. I would encourage you to do it. You can jump in now. It's okay. It's only the fifth. It's fine. Um, and, and they've got videos and, and different things that will really help us uh, help you to understand Scripture. The Bible Project. Look for it online. The Gospel Coalition have got another great one uh, that they're doing, reading the Bible in a year. Not necessarily in order, but they'll, they'll go in different places. So you're going in the New Testament and the Old Testament, at the same time, they're going uh, and they've got some c- notes that and commentaries that they're linking in from D.A. Carson, who is excellent. So that would be another good one to do. You can read Daily Bread. These are on the welcome desk. At the top, they are free. You can just take one of these, and we've got them in different languages. There are any number of different languages that we've got up there. There's three months of uh, Bible notes. This is Jan- December, January, February, and then there'll be more coming out. There's just a little thing. Each day, you've got a passage and a little reading. You can go through that. Many people use these. If you haven't got one, take one before you go. Start to use it. Find something. It might be that you just think, well, I I find reading difficult. Get an audio Bible. Go online. Get something to listen to in the car as you're driving. Uh, Go through it that way. Find some way to immerse yourself in Scripture. Find what works for you. Because there's a connection between meditating on God's word and and our effectiveness in God. That's what that's what God said to Joshua, isn't it? You know, He said, He said, do this, um, that it may. Oh, I'm not even in the passage now. Uh, uh, Keep this book on your lips, meditate on it, so that you may be careful to do what's written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. There's a connection between success in achieving what God wants us to achieve and being in God's word. There's a connection there. And the second thing that we're encouraged to do to stay encouraged in God and strong in God is to stay together as a church. Unity is so important in God's people. Look at what Joshua says to the two and a half tribes. I'm not quite sure how he speaks to half a tribe, um, but he, he speaks to the two and a half tribes that are that are camped and that have got their land on the east of the Jordan River. In other words, they don't need to cross the Jordan to find the land that they're going. And they're like, we've got our land. This is all sweet. Uh, and he speaks to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half tribe of Manasseh. So like I say, They may be forgiven for thinking, we don't need to engage in any of these battles. They've got their land. They can settle. Life's sweet. Joshua says, no. What you've got to do is you've got to cross over. He says, actually, you've got to go ahead of your brothers. You've got to be the first ones over there. Go ahead of them and help them until their job is done, until God has given them rest, until they have found their land and the place that they can settle, at that point when everyone else is sorted, you can come back and you can go back over the river and you can settle back with your families in the land that God has given you. In other words, this is an all-Israelite operation. They're all going in together. They're all bearing the burdens together. They're all suffering the losses together. They're all sharing in the victories Together. And it's important for us to understand that too as a church as we prepare to move into what God has got for us next. You see, some of us are very excited about this move to 140 Clark Street. We might be excited because we live on the north side of the city. Oh, it's great. We're going to be meeting quite close to us and everything. We might be excited because we're involved in something like Kids Club, which is. Um, which many of the families that we reach are living in those communities. So that can be exciting. Oh, great, it's going to be so good. And these families are going to be able to come in and, oh, it's going to be great. We might be excited about all of those things. Others of us might not have that same personal sense of excitement. Some of us might be thinking, oh, it's going to be a bit harder. If you're a student, you might be thinking, oh, it's going to, how am I, I've got to get across the north side of, of the city now, and that's going to be a little further away. And, oh, it was quite convenient meeting here near the university, so oh, I'm not sure about that. Other of us, others of us might feel God's leading us to serve personally in very different ways uh, as, a, as a church, which is fine. But, but we can think, oh, I'm not quite sure. I don't really get it. So the temptation, if we're not as involved personally and directly right now, is to think, oh, well, I'm not going to get as involved. I'll just stay where we are. We'll just stay in our comfort zones. We'll let the others go over the river. And, and, and that's great, but we'll, we're just happy as we are. That's other people's thing. God's saying no. We're together as a church. It's not some of our thing. It's our thing. It's what God's calling us all into. And God's maybe saying to some of us this morning, actually, you've got to go and and go ahead. You've got to go and do some of the, the work beforehand. There might be different things that you can get involved in. It might mean different things for different people. It might mean God's calling you to use some of your skills and resources to equip others and to put in some structures maybe in the physical building itself maybe in areas of policy or administration just getting things all sorted as we uh, as as helping out uh, on the administrative side of it maybe it's in the area of practical help or skills maybe it's giving people rides to the food bank or helping people with practical issues such as um, befriending people or helping in their home or uh, teaching people to read or speak English or French, helping people apply for citizenship, coming alongside, helping people manage their finances. Who knows what it will be? But you can be involved in some of this work. Perhaps God's calling you to financially invest in what he's leading us into. Maybe that's the thing that God's calling you to. Some people love to invest in stocks and shares. Maybe God's asking you to get invest in spiritual shares and say, this is what I'm sowing into. We're not just going to watch shares go up and down. We're going to say, hey, what's God doing? We're storing up treasures in heaven as we do that. Perhaps God's saying, I really want you to commit to praying for all that God's going to do, to make sure I'm there as much as I can every Sunday that we meet as as tag like tonight, Wednesdays if I can, at noon hour as we gather at Christchurch Parish Church. Perhaps it's to be just involved in events that we have. We've got a number of events that we've put on over the years. Previously, we've done things like the big quiz, family games nights, concerts, kids club Christmas. The temptation is to think, oh, that's not really my thing. I don't really like that sort of music. I'm not that into quizzes kids club. I don't really like doing the kids club. But we're involved as a church. We're involved together. We can be involved in those things. It doesn't have to be your preference. Just in the same way that the the songs that we sing on a Sunday morning don't have to be our favorite songs because we join together and we're here together. It may not be your thing, but it's our thing. It's what God's calling us to do together whatever it is God wants us to be moving together as a church family as we go into this new season he's not asking us what our preferences are he's calling us to stand together united as Christ's body here in Fredericton to display his great love and mercy and grace to a needy city so will you commit to doing that at the start of 2020 As we head into a new year, let's take courage and strength from this passage. I believe God's leading us together as a church into new things, but there will be real challenges and real battles ahead. Personally, corporately, we must be strong and courageous. We must trust in God's promises to us. We must be strengthened and encouraged in his word. We've got to be filled with his spirit and keep being filled We've got to be united together as his body and God will be with us. God promises Joshua that he will never leave or forsake him. He will be with him. Jesus says to his disciples, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And that promises for us too. God is with us. He will not leave us. We're m- we might face many difficulties and dangers and challenges, but we're not alone. We're engaged in warfare and there's spiritual army. We're a spiritual army as well, fighting a spiritual war with a spiritual enemy. But we're not alone. We have the God of angel armies by our side. And that should help us be strong and very courageous. Why at the band come back up? We're just going to worship. We're going to sing that song, God of Angel Armies. And let's stand together. Let's stand together as God's people. Start of this new year and just pray and call on him. Everyone who can, if they are able to all people, all ages, we're all involved, we're all involved, this is us, this is who God's called us to be, there's others as well who aren't able to make it this morning, but together we have a commission from God, so let's call on him, Father God, we come and we stand before you at the start of this year, and we want to say, God, we know the things that you're calling us into are going to take us out of our comfort zones this year, We know you're not calling us to settle. You're not calling us to stay where we are. And Lord, maybe for a few of us that fills us with excitement, but for many of us, we get anxious and fearful. And we know the things that we're facing in our lives. And God, I pray that you will give us strength, individually, together, as your church. Fill us with your spirit, even now, Lord God. Unite us together. Let us be together in everything that we do. Lord, whether it's praying, attending, serving, whatever it is, God, take us and use us. We don't want to turn around in 20 years and say, well, what's happened in those 20 years? We don't want to be a people who, a church who spend years and years just kind of wandering around in circles. We want to be a church that moves into everything you have for us. Thank you, you're with us, God. We want to take courage, take confidence, take our strength from you as you lead us on. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's worship God together.